Hi there everyone, and welcome to another edition of Rethinking Lost. You join me, Elder McManus, in the caves where Adam and Eve are presently residing. And I have to tell you, it's a wee bit whiffy. But enough of that, come with me and Scott Copperman as we take you through time. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Rethinking Lost. This is episode 14 and today I'm joined as always in America with Scott Copperman. Hello. Hello. How are you? Very good. Now we're going to go through um, a couple of emails today and I think the topic for discussion today will be time travel in Lost. Sounds good. Right. So should we dive straight into these emails first? Sure. Uh, well, actually, maybe before we do, let's quickly acknowledge, I know Elton mentioned some iTunes reviews on the UK site. We also have a handful here on the US site. Um, I'm not going to butcher some iTunes login names. I'm just going to say, we greatly appreciate it. And uh, really, any feedback, if it's not great feedback, you can keep it kind of quiet and send it to us via an email. But <laughs> if you really want to put it up on the iTunes site, I guess you could. Um, but certainly we love and appreciate the the five-star reviews and the great things you guys have to say. Yeah. You know, it really makes this easy to do. So thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you very much. Just honest reviews I'm after. That would be great. I'll say honest if good. Yes. If not good, then you can lie. <laughs> yeah, then up yours. <laughs> right. Uh, On to the emails. Mm-hmm. Right, we've had it various views that we want to get through over the next couple of episodes uh, we had one a little while ago from the Review to a Kill podcast mm-hmm. uh, from Gaz who runs that podcast uh, he says you mentioned about Mr Echo saying that his last words to John were your next John could this mean that John is supposed to be the next leader of the island or does this mean that he's supposed to be the next to turn the wheel now, what do you think about that? I always kind of figured it was he was next to face the monster. Yeah, that's why I assumed. And I don't know off the top of my head if that's quite how it played out. If if the um, smoke monster is diving into these bodies and reanimating them for however long we think they are, then could it have been the smoke monster inside Mr. Echo? Because he looked quite dead at that time, didn't he? So maybe it was the smoke monster actually talking to John Locke through Echo's body. No, I can see that. It's coming for him next. Yeah, yeah, just a, a little warning for him. You know, oh, it could be. I'll tell you what, if it is smoking inside John's body now, and it was smoking inside Echo's body, then that would work out, wouldn't it? I think a lot of it has to do with your theories about how John may have actually been possessed earlier than we realize yeah and if we are to see that happen there may be um some indication of like a parallel scene of of having confronted some element of of his past like maybe maybe yemi to echo was like a transformation or passing of the the presence yeah 
and we'll eventually be able to make a chain, you know, whether it was when John was shot in the stomach or, or whenever. At some point, he encountered someone. When he met Horace, for example, was that a, a time when it could have been passed in the same way that Yemi confronted Echo? Locke listened to the vision. Yeah. And Echo resisted. Yeah. I know. I still don't think he died earlier, but I'm just saying if that turns out to be that way, mm. we may see a parallel. Yeah, I, I've always wondered about that vision of Horace in the jungle where he's cutting the trees down. I tend to think it may be the black smoke monster. The same way that I think the, the smoke monster is the horse that Kate sees as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe the horse was there to send the guy off the road to crash the car so Kate could escape from the marshal. I'm not too sure whether that would have been classed as a smoke monster as well, or is that just a stray horse in the middle of the road? I don't know. Now, when, when Horace is, uh, his nose is bleeding, did we know at that point that nosebleeds were a symptom of time travel? Oh, I'm not too sure the order of the episodes. I, th- I don't think we did at that time. So then I wonder if we're going to find at some point that a wheel is turned and things are unstuck. Maybe, maybe that's a consequence of the, of the bomb. And so Horace is there time traveling. Because for oh, some okay. reason, I think he's the first one we've seen those bleeding. And if I remember, he even talks backwards and such at some point, kind of like, or he, he's in a loop. Yeah, he, keep, he keeps skipping like a record, doesn't he? Yes. And he keeps replaying the same thing, and he goes, Hi, I'm Horace, a couple of times, doesn't he? And then he turns around to John, then he's got a nosebleed, and then he turns around, he hasn't got a nosebleed. Mm-hmm. And then he's cutting the tree down again and says, Hi, I'm Horace. And it's all very freaky. All right, well, I posit that that might be something that we see comes because of the uh, explosion that... that basically things have been dislodged in some way again or at some point someone will turn the wheel and that's the fate of Horace he'll skip time oh okay I like that right leads us on to our next email and I have to hang my head in shame for this one I think Uh, this is from William Martin ah yes yes the one that chewed me up and spat me out he says guys nice podcast but the English guy Sorry, didn't get the name uh, of me, apparently. Do we not give our names at the beginning of the episodes? Uh, yes, we do. Okay. So. Strike one. Go ahead. <laughs> I need to say JJ's name right. So from now on, all I'm going to say is JJ. Because I know, I, I went back and listened, and I say Abrahams. And I think it's just the English in me. I think that's I can... what it is. I don't know. I, I we definitely appreciate any feedback. We ask for honest feedback, and I certainly, you know, there's no no hard feelings. I'll, no. All I'll say is that I can understand how, I mean, we've all had a conversation with someone where there's something, hair's out of place, they're saying something, not mispronouncing something, they're, you know, calling Tony Tom, and, and it's just, sometimes it's distracting. But at the same time, it's it's kind of nerve-wracking sometimes. <laughs> if, yeah. you, if you don't podcast and you know a thousand people are listening, it's great and exhilarating and scary at the same time sometimes. And you just go on autopilot and 
Yeah. And the little things kind of don't don't matter so much. It's just me. Put it down to me being silly. It's also um, it's like the guy. You know, everyone's had that conversation where they're talking to someone and they can see something dangling out of the person that they're talking to out their nose. <laughs> and you, do I say anything? Do I not say anything? What do I do? And then all of a sudden he wipes his nose and it all disappears. You're like, okay, where did that go? And you, you just get a bit, okay, well, I've said it a couple of times now, so I apologise. I said Abraham's. I know it's Abram's. It's yeah. just my slack jaw. Let's put it well, and, and I knew and I chose to let it go. Yeah. And I'm sorry I put you in that situation. No, that's I should've... It's fine, boy. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you can have Abram's, I can have Bernard. Okay. Right, so I'm having that. That's fine. <laughs> but that's a, that's a good compromise. Yeah. Thank you very much for your email anyway. Not, yes. I like to be put in my place every now and again. So that's cool. All right. But related to that episode, in that episode, I made several references to a pilot, a TV show that I couldn't quite remember what it was going to be. And I, I, I said there was a website I had seen it on, and I, I couldn't quite think of what it was and all. I have since found it. And so I just want to quickly give that information out. Um, the website that I had thought about was something called SpockVideo.com. And I know it has a very cool name. Mm. Hmm. Actually, it's www.spockvideo.com. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of rare TV shows, old obscure TV shows. And it's basically a compilation of YouTube clips and stuff. Unsold pilots, uh, things categorized. Um, from the 80s, 70s, all, all kinds of stuff. It's kind of neat. But there I had found two things, or references to two things, one of which is there in detail, and I'm not sure about the other. There was a 1969 movie called Lost Flight. It was uh, produced in 1969. It was actually aired in 1974, I think, or 1970, I'm not sure. But it starred uh, Lloyd Bridges as an airplane pilot, and it was uh, basically about a group of people who crashed on an island and went all Lord of the Fliesy. And, you know, it was a two-hour TV movie. You can go on YouTube. You can go a lot of places and see about the first 10, 15 minutes of it. And you can see how there's a lot in common with the pilot of Lost. And then the other thing is a TV series called The New People, which I, I don't know if it ever actually ran or if only the pilot ever was made again you can go and see segments of this mm -hmm. this was kind of um, about a group of people crashing on an island and the key part connected to lost is that there were other people on the island you know they get there and they think they're crashing this deserted island they start exploring around and they find houses and they find a swing set and they find evidence of people being there and yeah. uh, that doesn't belong so again you have like a dharma y kind of thing I feel I, I think there's definitely uh, elements to this that I'm sure some of the writers were familiar with or executives had seen before. I mean, there's only a, a, every plane crash is similar to every other plane crash in some ways. So I, there's going to be connections and parallels and all. But if you have time and, and you want to look around, it's Lost Flight. It's from 19, if you add 1969, it helps filter the searches so you get rid of the flight 815 stuff. Mm -hmm. and uh, The New People, and it was a TV show. So The New People in quotes with TV, that'll help you find some things too. It's 
definitely worth checking out. I'm sorry I didn't. I thought I had that bookmarked, but I guess I didn't prior to that other podcast. Cool. All right. Yeah, now I'm going to be checking out later as well. All right. So, uh, so we should move into some talk of time travel. Yeah, why not? Let's dive right in there. How did you feel about them introducing time travel into Lost? First off. Uh, well, it definitely changed the direction of the show. I, I still felt early on that it was going to possibly be more like, not Gilligan's Island driven, but more about them being on the island and possibly being rescued and escaping from Dharma and surviving their encounters with Dharma, not about changing the future or, or becoming key players in the history of the island. I, mm. I kind of always appreciate it more like, uh, like Land of the Lost. Land of the Lost was was about trying to get home. Yep. You know, or Castaway or, or E.T., any of these things where I'm here, I'm stuck, and and the conflict is getting home. And this, this turned out they got home. <laughs> and it that wasn't good enough. They had to go back. Yeah. And, and the time travel part of it signaled to me they were going to have to go a different direction and do different things, and it became more about, more of a mystery. Like, what is the role of of each character in the the history of the island? And it was alright. It just was a different type of story, and probably one that in the long run I'll enjoy more. Yeah, because I have you? to admit, when I first saw them sticking in there, I think it was uh, flashes before your eyes. No, it's probably after that though. Well, when when Hurley turned around and said uh, Desmond, he's that dude sees the future. Then I was a bit oh, okay. They're gonna go down the time travel path and how they're going to actually do this. And I'm, I'm a fan of time travel, don't get me wrong, but I was just one bit... I was very slightly worried on how they're actually going to apply it to Lost. And I was worried it might ruin the show, it might go in totally pseudoscience kind of direction and totally muff it up, basically. Mm. And I didn't want them to do that. I was enjoying... I enjoyed season two when they were just running around on the on the island. I think that's probably one of my favourite seasons, season two, and where they got the hatch and running around. You got the the others as well, and I just love all that sort of stuff. And then to throw time travel in there was this is not what this program's about. Well, doesn't it seem like it it changed from being a story about the interaction between characters into characters personal struggles you know coming to terms with being off the island coming to terms with being places they weren't supposed to be whether it's the past or the present or relationships that they were told they were not supposed to have or they weren't really fighting with each other so much with with very few exceptions in terms of you know you had ben with his own agenda but the conflict that saeed goes through is really it's more about him living with himself not a matter of him getting away from Danielle you know we, we don't have Juliet and, and Kate the tension and all that stuff that we had about uh, does she belong can she be trusted all that stuff now it becomes a matter of well we're happy in 1974 or 77 or whatever it is but we yeah. don't belong here so do we have to try to get back or can we stay where we are it, it was just a different different source of, of conflict and it it was okay but it just was well, it's different. Am I right in thinking that they were going to do it a season earlier as well? Now, uh, season five is the big 
time travel episode, isn't it? Where they're mm-hmm. skipping through time and end up in Dharma. I think the idea was to actually bring it in season four. That's why we had flashes before your eyes and all the hints at time travel then. And the producers said, no, let's not do it like this. Or I think it was ABC that got a bit twitchy about it and said, no, hang it off for a little bit longer. And so they they didn't do it until season five because it's such a big step to take that. I think that's why they've they held it off and you had flashes before your eyes in season three. Then you had the constant in season four. Sorry, in season four. Just to smooth this into, you know, this is going on but in behind the scenes. This is what's going to happen. Get ready for the big one. Well, they did do the two different types of time travel. You had the consciousness slipping and you had the With- full body transporting to the past. Yeah. I could see I could see them not wanting to overwhelm and do too much at once, especially because they didn't really explain the mechanism behind it. It's not like they got into a machine or it was a universal kind of thing. I, I have issues with the whole 316, some went to the past, some stayed in the present. At some point, I need to know why Sun didn't go. Well, there's a lot of speculation I've heard on Twitter that one of the numbers has changed, and that's why they landed on the island in a, a different time. Someone actually mentions the four there there was a lot of talk about this Valenceti equation wasn't there and Mm -hmm. trying to save humanity and they had to change one of the numbers to change the whole formula to save humanity they had the flight 815 but then you had the flight 316 and the four number had changed to a number three which suggests either another timeline or a a different part of time and I've heard that but I, I, I don't know what don't know whether to grab onto that or not. I know, that seems pretty complicated to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to put it out there, I want to see what other people say about oh, yeah. that, but I find it very hard to ju- uh, to grab onto the th- the number changing because there's been nothing said about the numbers changing yet. Or the Valenceti is not canon, is it? It hasn't been mentioned in any of the episodes yet. I don't... It's... It, as a scientific principle, I think has only come up in the alternate reality stuff. And then in the Gary Troop biography, the guy who wrote Bad Twin, that's the name of one of the other books he supposedly write, but wrote. But I don't know if that's... Is that the guy that got Kennedy sucked either. into the, uh, Airplane the motor? Engine, yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask you something about the different types of time travel, too. Because there's something that I've kind of wrestled with, and... Uh, if we can, we'll bring in uh, a bit of an audio blog by Laura Schoberg. Laura Schoberg is uh, a contributor to a lot of things, the Brunching Shuttlecocks, uh, Wired Magazine and Wired Vidcast and such. This is episode 13 of the alt text videocast by Laura Schoberg. And it's, it's a pretty entertaining summary of time travel theories. And we'll come back then and talk about it. Closed time loop. The idea here is that you can travel back in time, but you can't actually change history. So if you go back and try and prevent the assassination of President McKinley, it turns out that you kill him yourself. Or if you go back and try and prevent the Black Plague, it turns out that you are a flea-ridden diseased rat. This creates some weird effects. For instance, if you find an ancient solid gold potato ricer in your backyard, you can go back in time and place it there yourself, which raises the question, What created 
the solid gold potato ricer in the first place. You'd think that nothing could exist in a monotonous, pointless loop of untime with no beginning or end, but in my experience, that describes most laundromats. A minus. Branching timelines. This model holds that you can't actually change a given timeline. Rather, when you go back in time, time itself splits like dry flyaway hair into alternate universes. Enough time travel and you end up with universes where apes evolved from laurel trees or there was once an intelligent conversation on dig. I think that in situations like this, people would start to immigrate from the crappy timelines to the nice ones, possibly forming gated communities with alternate universe versions of themselves and having potlucks where everyone ends up bringing the potato salad. B. Linear time. You go back in time. You change time. You return to a very different now. But what if you go back in time and kill your own grandfather before you were born? It's pretty much inevitable. I mean, going back in time without killing your own grandfather, that's like going to Philadelphia and not having a cheesesteak. But once you kill your grandfather, then of course you'll never be born which means you can't go back in time to kill your grandfather, etc., etc., etc. To prevent this, a lot of movies like to throw in arbitrary loopholes, like you have 24 hours, whatever 24 hours means when you're time traveling, to go back and set things right. It turns out that explicit causality is very important for box office revenues. B+. Self-repairing time. In this model, time is like a drug addict that really wants to change but keeps backsliding. So if you go back in time to 1974 and throw Bill Gates off a cliff, suddenly some guy named Gil Bates will put on glasses, get a bad haircut, and start a software company. This is a popular model of time for authors who don't like thinking too much. It's because you can write a story where South America was eaten by a giant space capybara in the 80s, but you can still get a cinnamon dulce latte at Starbucks. D. Bad time. According to this, there's a single correct timeline, one that needs to be enforced by some sort of temporal police. How can you tell which is the correct time? Well, of course, it's the one where someone formed a temporal police force. In fact, I suspect that the time cop's main job is to prevent the forming of a timeline where people are free and happy without any interference from a temporal police force. This is also known as hippie time. Continued existence is the ultimate job security. D plus. All right, so I listen to that and uh, I see definite connections. There's the solid gold potato ricer, which definitely parallels what we're talking about with uh, Locke's compass. Yep. You know, gives himself the compass, essentially. Where did the compass come from? This idea also of, of the alternate timelines and things split off. I mean, that seems to be a pretty, pretty common perception. The one part that I've always kind of had an issue with it has to do with this idea of, of fate and and moment temporal momentum i guess is the best way to put it okay that they say you know if if you try to change things then the forces of time work toward correcting itself like a river going around a rock or like this example that was used here about uh bill gates is killed and someone turned named gil bates goes and starts yeah. a software company which is what mrs Hawk well miss hawkins said to desmond the universe has a way of course correcting yeah the, the issue for me with that is it implies that some people and some events are more significant in the in the sense of temporal momentum because if i'm fated to um, drive to work one day because i'm i'm supposed to get in a car accident 
And then for, I go back in time and knowing that I don't drive to work or I choose a different route or something like that. Mm -hmm. Let's say I choose a different route to avoid the scene of the accident. And then the implication of this theory is that, well, I'm fated to have an accident and therefore I'll get in an accident on a different street. Yeah. But time or fate allowed a lot of other things to change. I was able to drive along a different route, which therefore changed traffic patterns, made someone else late, used, created different air pollution, killed this bug, whatever it might be. There were, I wasn't on the other route, so someone else was possibly in the position of the accident. Yeah. It, it implies that certain events and certain people are more important. And so fate made sure I had the accident. Fate didn't make sure that I drove that route in the first place. I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, so that's the big issue I have with that. But then when I look at, at Lost and I think, you know, people talk about the issue of fate and destiny and all that stuff. I can buy into the fact that the people who went back to the 70s are fated to do certain things because I can picture it being that they were always a part of that. That it's not that they're trying to change history and failing at it. That everything they're doing is happening the way it always happened. It yeah. just, you know, the, the idea that Saeed shot Ben and Kate brought him to the others. It wasn't that he was fated to go to the others and Kate was the force of fate making sure that happened even though Saeed tried to mess it up. No, I it, just, it that was the original route. They're just walking in the same exact footsteps. It just feels looks like it's different because it's such a bizarre set of uh, circumstances. Yeah, it's they were on this line. It doesn't create any paradoxes, does it? The very first time that that happened, they landed on the island and then they got shifted back to 1977. And so it will always work. Right, the principle of, of this idea, though, is that there never was a 1977 without them. Right. And for that to be true, time can't be linear it's almost like history as a whole is a giant set of puzzle pieces already assemb already planned out from start to finish yeah nothing happens before something else it's only witnessed before something else does that make sense yeah that does yeah so the decision of the history of the universe was decided in one nanosecond but then played out at normal speed yeah we all have to sit here and wait for it to happen to us. Right. So then my theory of time travel would be that it is all predetermined and all you can do is go from either from uh, you fast forward or rewind in what you're witnessing or living through mm -hmm. or if, if there's an alternate universe then you can jump to another another track, another another film and watch that film instead. Yeah. The part that I've always kind of wrestled with, though, is Desmond. When Desmond goes back, there's the sense that he changed time. Like there, if he didn't, if his consciousness didn't, didn't go back to the seventies or whatever eighties, whenever it went, when he met Faraday. When he, yeah, okay, yeah. He was. We saw his consciousness go, and he, again, seemed like Kate and Saeed to be changing history, choosing to do things he didn't do before. Yeah. 
But then I reconciled that with the fact that he was discharged from the army and we never really knew why. And I think it was going to see Faraday. Okay. I I've never explicitly stated that that was his offense, but I think going AWOL and going, you know, departing his post and doing this extra thing is the missing piece in that story. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess my view of time travel in Lost is that it is all predetermined. It is all anything we're seeing them happen that seems like they're in control of their destiny is is something that they always did. It's a set of choices they always made. Yeah, they I... might feel conflicted, but they're not really. Yeah, I like to think that it was always planned out that way. With with the incident, it was always meant to go off. Either the bomb did go off or the bomb didn't go off. It doesn't matter. It was always meant to happen that way anyway, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. It was always going to work that way. Now, I don't like the idea of a reset. For some reason, I just don't like that at all. Well, the, the clue we were given is that Desmond is special. That Desmond is possibly a variable in all this. Yep. And and then we were told that the island's not done with Desmond yet. Now, well, with Desmond's jumping, is it is it classic time travel where he's jumping in between his body in 1980-something and when he's jumping back onto the freighter? Would you class that as classic time travel? Because the guy... Who's the guy on the boat that dies? Something... M- Machowski or... Mikowski. Mikowski. Mm-hmm. He dies on the boat, but we see him laying on the boat, strapped on the uh, on the bed, so he can't move. He's all restricted, and you see him flashing away, and then you see him come back, and he's obviously having these little jumps of consciousness, whether it be time travel or maybe his mind is just skipping back to a, a an earlier memory, maybe. Well, there was something special about Desmond in that. He could interact with his flashes in a way that uh, Charlotte couldn't. It sounds like Minkowski couldn't. I mean, they could come back or and talk about what they'd seen or where they thought they would just were. Well, Charlotte never had a flash, though, did she? Or did uh, she? I know she passed out, but wasn't that just because the island was skipping? I thought she flashed. I thought she saw Faraday. Oh, yeah, she did. She, yeah, she saw... Or she re- she went back to remember, and she was talking to her father. About chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So she was skipping around. But Desmond goes back and actually talks to Hawking about buying the ring. Isn't that just Cause... a flashback? Mm-hmm. No, because tell- she tells him that you're not going to buy that ring, Desmond. You-, you have to buy this. You don't buy this ring, you buy this ring. And she shows him how it's all predetermined. That's not an actual jump, though, is it? I think that's just telling... Desmond's story. But you don't think that's the same kind of time traveling? No, because that was a. That's just a. A flashback, isn't it? I'm pretty sure that's just a bog standard flashback. For some reason, I thought he went back. Yeah, you're right. He's not aware because he asked her, How do you know your name? How do you know my name? And, uh. Here, the dialogue is when I was talking, he said, It's just the thing. This won't blind any queens, to be sure, but it still has the sparkle of life. Desmond says, I'll take it. Miss Hawking says, I'm sorry. Desmond says, it's perfect, I'll take it. And Miss Hawking says, no, you won't. Give me the ring, give it here. Mm. Desmond says, I don't understand. And Miss Hawking says, this is wrong. You don't buy the ring. You have second thoughts. You walk out that door. So come on, let's have it. Desmond says, I don't know what you're on about. Miss Hawking says, well, I know your name as well as I know that you don't ask Penny to marry you. In fact, you break her heart. 
Well, Breaking Heart is, of course, what drives you in a few short years from now to enter that sailing race to prove her wrong, which brings you to an island where you'll spend the next three years of your life entering numbers into a computer until you're forced to turn that fail-safe key. And if you don't do those things, Desmond David Hume, every single one of us is dead. Wicked. And then she demonstrates the, the fate. The guy with the red shoes. Yeah. It was always his destiny to die, wasn't it? Now, there, there was an, another... There was another type of time travel on the island as well. There was, um... He got everyone thinking where the, the little bottle rocket was sent from the, the boat when Faraday was doing his little experiments. Right. And also when the doctor was murdered and he washed right, up, he on, washed shore up on the shore yeah. before he was actually killed. And it was nice to see all that, but where do the boundaries begin and where do they end and how does all that work? I'm still a bit vague about that as well. Mm-hmm. When was, when was time travel actually first shown, though? It was hinted in... Time travel was first hinted in, in The Long Con. Now, I don't know if you remember. Uh, Saeed's got the radio uh, transmission right, right. and he picks up the radio uh, station on it. And they're sitting down and listening to the music, and Hurley's there. And I think he said, Saeed says the radio waves could be coming from anywhere. And Hurley turns around and says, or any time. Mm -hmm. I think that's the very first reference of time on the island. That was in episode two. Right, and I think a lot of people pounced on that, and the reaction to it wasn't, oh good, time travel. It was kind of, oh, I hope it's not going to be time travel now. Yeah. And yet ultimately that's what it turned out to be well yeah it was a long way away from fruition though wasn't it yeah maybe they saw everyone's reaction to that and whoa okay we can't really go down this just yet I'm gonna have to figure out I'm gonna have to go back and watch flashes before your, your eyes again mm -hmm. yeah Cause so I, I think if I remember right he turns the key and he's personally unstuck that he goes back through his own life with kind of a semi-awareness. Like you said, he recognizes Charlie, recognizes the painting. Yeah. Some, something isn't quite right. He's kind of going through the motions, but unlike everyone else's uh, flashbacks, there seems to be something that has just a, a hint of the quote-unquote present and yeah. an awareness of it. Well, he remembers the it raining as well, doesn't he, when he's seen uh, Charlie busking? Mm-hmm. He predicts it raining, and then all of a sudden, it rains. Well, he reacts to the alarm clock and the beeping. He reacts to all those things as if they are uh, something else. Or I'm mixing up the shows again. No, that was in flashes before your eyes. Okay. Well, as far as time travel goes, I, it's definitely a, a key part of the story now, and I guess they're handling it as well as they can. You know, I, I, it's not like someone has a time machine and they're conveniently going back and changing certain events. It's going to be interesting to see what they do post-incident because we know what's supposed to happen post-incident. Yeah. But only up to up to where we left off. I mean, you could say they changed things, but maybe they're just going to end up going to the next step in their story, which is to jump to a different piece of the puzzle, to show up and there's no reason they can't just get thrown to 2008. No, there's no reason... I'm not going to be happy with the reset, I don't think. I'm not going to be happy if I see Boone walk off the plane or... Yeah, my my own thinking is if we see those people 
if they bring some of those people back, it may just be kind of in the version of what we're talking about with Desmond. We get the opposite. We get kind of a a forward flash of memories and go, you know going through the things with that hint of awareness of I've been through this before. I, I, something's gonna happen. You know that guy's gonna die. This these things we kind of get like a go through so, three seasons and three episodes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they've they've got the memories of the episodes that we've seen. But they reset, but they know, they recognise, say, Jack would recognise Kate, or recognise Hurley. Right, like, say say one of the scenes is we go back to the, the pilot. We go back to when, when Jack needs stitches. And we get that same scene where he asks Kate for help. Yeah. And there's just, you get this little hint that there's a connection there. Or now we get to see the guys try to go on a raft. And, and escape the island. And okay. you just get a hint that someone knows it's not going to work. Like deja vu. Right. But but we go through like a fast series of like rapid fire. We get caught up. And it's almost like they're quickly brought back to the present. So in that, that to me could be a way to model the leap forward. But I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do hmm. after. But that's one way that that they might be able to kind of revisit without actually resetting and kind of show that they get thrown back forward. Yeah. They kind of go past everything that happened, kind of like looking out the window on a train, you know? Yeah, yeah. Real quickly, you zip, zoom past, and then you're thrown forward to, uh, what does what um, Jacob say? They're coming. Yeah. So they're gonna. I think they're going to come to there, to the future, to the present. <laughs> <laughs> They're all very confusing. To that spot. Yeah. One right thing, here. One thing I did enjoy, uh, we've all seen the the little snippets from Comic-Con, and I remember the, the Marvin Candle or Halliwax one where with the two bunnies, mm-hmm. where he's got the bunny in his hand and he's stroking it away, and he said he's going to put it into a, a chamber and send it forward however many milliseconds in its right. consciousness. And then all of a sudden we see a bunny appear on one of the shelves, don't we? Knocks right, this is uh, season three, uh, post-season three, I think it is. Right? Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, not and... to scare people, that's not, that's not post-season five, Comic-Con. The unique properties of this island created a kind of Casimir effect, allowing us to... The field you have been selected to study is highly volatile and potentially dangerous. But over the next few minutes, we will demonstrate the elaborate safety measures that have been put in place to ensure that the hell... Hey, what is that? What's going on? Oh, God, it's 15! The hell! Don't let them near each other! When did you set the shift? Negative 20. How long? Eight. Nine minutes, but we're Seven. still learning... Why is that still running? Tell me to keep the camera running. Turn it off! Turn it off! Hello. I'm Dr. Edgar Hallowax. And this is the orientation film for Station 6 of the Dharma Initiative. As you've no doubt surmised, Station 6, or the Orchid, is not a botanical research unit. But we see the bunny up there, it knocks the bits off, and he starts shouting, you know, don't let him touch, don't let him touch. Now, right. is that saying that they cannot interact with each other? 
because I was under the impression with Miles, do you remember when Miles was on the island and he saw a younger himself? Yeah. And I think I came up with the theory that if Miles grabs his uh, younger self, then that would cause the incident and then release the smoke monster onto the island. Right, like in Time Cop, when uh, two versions of the same person touch each other and implode. And And they, yeah, you just can't have the same matter invading two different spaces and touching at the same time. I'm inclined to think that they chose not to go that direction in the long run, and maybe that was kind of like, we can't take the chance. Yeah. You know, that's... Because we haven't actually... That's Miles is the only one we've had be two places. Be the same place at the same time in two forms. No, we've had Locke as well. Oh, that's what? right, he watched the hatch. Well, he saw the beam of light come up, didn't he? Yeah. And then he also told Richard Albert to go see to himself and yeah. help with the bullet. And he that's saw true. himself there, didn't he? That's true. I I take the Edgar Halifax thing now, or Marvin Halifax, Marvin Campbell, whatever his name <laughs> really was. I take his Pierre Chang. That's it. His reaction to be just your standard scientific caution. Like, the theory is these two things can't touch. Therefore, yeah. don't let them touch. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, we're still not allowed to take that as canon as well. No. And there, there was also another one after season four, I think it was, where he he opened a pinhole and sent back a message. Do you remember that one? Right. You I'm must like... reconstitute the Dharma Initiative. Yeah. Hello. My name is Dr. Marvin Candle, and I... You know what? Forget it. No point in games anymore, right? If you're watching this now, you already know that my name, my real name is Pierre Chang, and I... Damn it, Lara! Just take him outside! Please! I have one chance at this. And I am a professor of theoretical astrophysics from Ann Arbor, Michigan. I was brought to the Godforsaken Island years ago to conduct experiment to study the Kerr metric solution of the Einstein field equations and to fucking keep this pinhole open long enough. You should be receiving my message roughly 30 years if you're this now. The American president is a man named George W. Bush. You share digital information instantaneously on something called internet. And unfortunately, my colleagues and I are all dead. Kind of of violent purge. One that we are apparently powerless to escape. This information comes to me from a, a source that has proven itself to be credible. None of that matters. Doesn't matter. Just get to it. Please. Regardless, if this transmission is successful, it's proof the work I've been doing here is valid. This place, it has extraordinary properties. I'm begging you, no matter what's happened, it's imperative that the Dharma Initiative be reconstituted. You have to continue the research, then you have to do it now. Time is not just of the essence. It is the essence. Perhaps you'll be able to find a way to save us. 
to change the past and to... Please, please. You have to stop what's about to happen. You can't Man. let us... This is useless. Right? It's just, it's you. They're never gonna see this, Peter. How do I turn this off? Where's no, the... no, what? No, what, what are you doing? How do you turn it off? No, 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 no. What, what are you doing? I think that one, though, was more just for the the, the off-season game they did, where they tried to redo the Dharma Initiative. Yeah. They had Faraday's voice, and they kind of... It sounded like Faraday, but they missed their chance. If they wanted that to be incorporated, they had plenty of chances to have that filming scene be in there, and they, they didn't. I think we was all waiting for that situation to arise where it, w- it would turn up as well. Yeah, and it just never materialised. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shame. Any other um, instances of time travel that we haven't spoken about? No, I think we've pretty much got them all. I mean, we have some teleportation, we have Walt going different places and all, but, but there was no indication that he was going in time. No, that was never suggested at all. No. I think it all relays around Desmond, doesn't it? Oh, what about the memory that was sent forward to him? Now, do you remember when uh, Faraday knocked on the door, Desmond came out with the gun and he was wearing yeah. his bio suit, and he told him to go to a certain place and then Faraday skipped off. And then the next shot we see is Desmond waking up on the boat mm-hmm. as if he's just had a memory implanted into his head. Now, would that just be the memory just racing forwards and catching up and all of a sudden, pop, it pops into his head and he remembers as if it was, like, clear as day? I guess that's what it'd be. It seems like that was kind of a forced attempt to keep some linear aspect of things. Yeah. I thought that was an awesome idea, though. I thought it was wicked the way they actually did that. Yeah. Well, it's a lot to digest, and I'm sure we get a lot of feedback. We should go off and watch Flashing Before Your Eyes. Yeah, I have to watch that, definitely. And I'm sure we made a lot of mistakes, too. But, you know, let us know. Just let us know via email yeah. under the table. Or Twitter. <laughs> I don't mind. You can Twitter. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, us. yeah. But, no, we're happy to keep trying, and, and we don't mind making mistakes if you don't mind hearing them. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll take chances. We just, you know, we try to get them right. Sometimes we make the occasional mistake. Yeah. But thank you guys for uh, all the feedback and all the, the listeners and spread the word and and we'll be back again in a week thank you very much guys and take care of yourselves all right thanks bye this podcast is a proud member of the lost podcasting network Get all your favorite Lost podcasts in one feed at lostcasts.blogspot.com.